Amen. So I, I, I really, I, I won't keep you too long. But I do believe I need to keep you for a little bit. Amen. I, I do believe it's imperative that I do keep you. Because I was supposed to preach uh, Friday night at the, the tent revival in Palatka, but wasn't able to. And um, for various reasons, had a funeral to attend. And um, So anyway, here we are. Amen. And so I just felt, I just seen many different things. And yesterday, excuse me, about the appointment and seen several posts that Sister Dana's made, Sister Tammy. And I just feel it's urgent times, just urgent, just urgent. Amen. Just, just urgent times. And so, um, so you, I know y'all think. But it was imperative that I brought the door this morning. Amen. And so um, you can just stay where you, I know that you honor God's word. So I'm just going to read a few scriptures today. And um, Hebrews 11. I, I'll read uh, one scripture there. Then I'm going to go to the book of Genesis. So we're going to go from back to front. I'm glad we can do that in God's word, aren't you? We also, this afternoon after we eat, um, we need to, if, if you are interested in your children um, possibly being a part of a homeschool GFCC from grades pre-K to 8th. We are praying and we believe have a vision. And so just trust in the Lord. Amen with that. And so if if you are interested, children or grandchildren here are part of the church. Um, we're just trusting the Lord. So if you have any questions, if you come today, it don't mean that you have to commit today. Um, we're just, we want to share if you're interested in any kind of way. We just feel it's the direction that the Lord is leading us. And so if you have kids from pre-K to 8th grade and you have any interest whatsoever um, in possibly having your kids in a, in a homeschool type, it would be, you know, homeschool to begin with, um, and, but we would take care of the kids and teach them um, with with good teachers, um, please, we just encourage you to sit right after we um, feed you lunch, after the youth fundraiser, then um, we're going to come in here and, and have a meeting. So if, if you can stay, we'll do that quickly and promptly. I believe that Sister Michaela has some packets to give out. I don't know where she went to, but I believe she has some packets to give out, and some of us will be in here to answer any questions that you may have, um, and then we'll, we can talk about the other um, you know, as we look through the pack and if you have any questions. So that is today. We'll feed, we'll have lunch right after spaghetti, garlic bread drink, I believe salad. Um, if, if you can't pay the $7, I promise you stay and eat. We desire to take care of you and feed you. You can put whatever in there. Um, so either way, just please stay and eat. And if you're interested, again, in your children, pre-K to eighth grade, 
um, and possibly being schooled here at the, at the church, then please stay. Amen. We'd love to just share with you what we feel God's asked us and leading us to do. Amen. So the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 7. says this, by faith, Noah, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. He moved in fear. There's not only an ungodly fear, but there's a godly fear. And it's time that the church would move in fear again. We don't fear anything. We think we can live and do whatever we want to do without any fear of God. We don't fear judgment. We don't fear it. Let me tell you, and if you live in the grace of God, let me tell you, I can promise you grace is greater than anything. You see, what we've made grace is not grace. What we've made grace is really judgment on yourself. (laughs) Because when you live in grace, grace is our greatest teacher, and grace teaches you to say no to ungodliness and unworldliness. Grace will teach you to say no whenever you don't know how to quit getting high and quit getting drunk and quit cussing. Grace will teach you how to do that. I don't quit because I'm not good, but grace in me is good. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say that again. I'm not good, but grace in me is good. The book of Titus says that grace will teach you to say no to ungodliness and unworldliness and worldliness in a perverse generation. Amen. So grace teaches us. So, But we don't move in fear. Now, I'm not talking about being afraid, but I'm talking about the fear of the Lord. We must fear God. I'm going to read it again. By faith. Somebody say, by faith. Now, listen, what does Hebrews 11.1, what is faith? It teaches us what faith is. It also says that, that, that we must, whenever it's impossible to please God without faith. So you can't be here this morning and say, well, I just don't know. Because if you don't move in faith, then you're not pleasing to God. You have to move in faith. Listen, GFCC, we can't be a people of fear. We have to be a people of faith. And let me tell you, we're just going to move together. Amen? We move together. And so when we're, what is faith? I'm just, I'm just going to read this. Amen? So what is faith? Let's, I'm glad you asked. Let's read what faith is. Now faith. Somebody say, now faith. Now faith. faith. Right now. Faith in tomorrow. You may not be here tomorrow. Faith in yesterday, not what you should have done. There's a lot of that. What I should have done yesterday. But I'm talking about faith right now. Faith this morning. It is 1155, June the 28th, Sunday morning. We're not afternoon yet. All right? Now faith at 11.56 now, Sunday, June the 28th at Grace Fellowship Christian Church, Grittany, Florida. You're here. Now faith. Right now. Today faith. Today faith. Now faith is the substance. That means there's something to it. There's substance. 
That means there's something to it of things hoped for. Things that you hope for, guess what? You can get it. How? By faith. Not tomorrow faith. Not yesterday faith. Now faith. Now faith. When God brought them to the edge of the Jordan, guess what? He said in the morning you're going to get up and you're going to move from this camp to the next. Well, guess what? It wasn't up to them. But now faith. When they're at the brink of the Red Sea and they look back and Moses sees and hears the enemy and the horsemen and the chariots and Pharaoh and his army and he sees sees mountains on both sides of him and he sees this great sea in front of him, guess what? He couldn't have faith tomorrow. He's dead. But he has to have faith right now. And when he moved right now, then what did God do? He had to lift up the rod right now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. He wasn't ready yesterday. Why? Because he wasn't at the sea yesterday. You and I are going to face things today in our life that we didn't face yesterday. We may not know they're tomorrow. And so we don't need yesterday's faith. I don't care what God did yesterday. I'm telling you, we need God now today. I said the church needs a now faith. Hey, too many folks living off what God did yesterday. We need daily bread. Daily bread. I do thank God. I, I thank God that he delivered me 18 years ago when I was a meth addict. But guess what? I thank God that he delivered me yesterday for me too. Amen. I thank God. He didn't just deliver me 18 years ago. He delivered me for me yesterday. And he woke me up today. And he gave me an opportunity today to come preach in this house today. And so God had to do something in me today, not just 18 years ago. Many of us are living off a 30-year-old blessing, and we don't know the goodness of God for our own life now. I said we got to have a now faith, Brother Buck. Now. I thank God Brandy's here today. I thank God what God did to her whenever she had her first birthday here. But what are we going to do now? Now faith. Now. Somebody say now faith. It's the substance. There's something to it of things hoped for. Anybody got something you hope for? And you wonder how you're going to get there? How you going to get there? Faith. Now faith. I know there's a promise. There's a land flow of milk and honey. I've been hearing about this promise forever. How are we going to get there? You're going to wake up in the morning and God said, today's the day. You're moving from this camp to the next. Well, how are you going to get there? Somebody better put their foot in that river is all I know. <laughs> I said, somebody better put that foot in that river is all I know. And guess what? There's, there's 100,000 people waiting on you to put that foot in that river. Let me tell you, church, now faith will cause things to happen. Now faith will call a sea to par. Now faith will call lions to shut their mouth. Now faith will call Jordan rivers to stop. And when you walk through, you won't only just see the river stop, but you'll see the hand of God causing that river to heap up. Amen. When you walk through the sea, the Bible said that the sea was congealed. It was like jello. It was still had movement. That's how I know the sea didn't stop being the sea, but I see the hand of God. Church, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see God's hand move. How are we going to see God's hand move? Now faith. Hallelujah. Now faith. It'll cause fire not to touch you. I said it'll cause fire not to touch you. I'll go through the fire and I'm not going to look or smell like what I've been through. 
When I come out the other side, you put things on my hands to bind me up. But when I come out the other side, because I had faith, I trusted in my God, and I said that he would deliver me. But you know what now faith does? Even if he don't, I'm still not going to bow down and worship your God. That's now faith. Hallelujah. And guess what? On the other side of that, Nebuchadnezzar said, I want that now faith now. And their now faith turned their God into his God. I said now faith turned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God to now he's, he is God. I said he is God. Now he's Nebuchadnezzar's God. Now he's the counselor's God. Now he's the sheriff's God. Now he's this person's God. Why? Because three boys said I got faith right now. I may not need that faith yesterday and I may not have enough to get it tomorrow. But if I step in faith right now, then I know that my God is going to see me through. And when they put Daniel in the lion's den, he couldn't wait to have yesterday's faith. No, no, no. He had have now faith. And on the other side, what they say? Daniel's God. He is God. He had now faith. Now faith. GFCC, do you have now faith? We better. How are we going to have a school, two houses, a new church, a septic system? How are we going to have that? I don't know. God said it nine years ago, Brother Mike. I didn't. I couldn't fight myself out of a wet paper sack. I couldn't even get off drugs. I couldn't even get out of jail. I couldn't, I you know what I'm saying. I couldn't do nothing. God spoke it, not me. So if we got problems with what God does, take it up with God. It ain't mine anyway. I said it's God's. It was God's lines then. It was God's fire that he put them in. It had to be God's fire because spirit can't burn up. Amen. <laughs> I said spirit can't burn up. That that is spiritual won't burn up. Now faith. I don't know how. But I trust God. God's done this. God's done this. The funeral director yesterday, let me tell you how God works. Amen. God just works. I met a brother yesterday. He walked in this church. He said, didn't this used to be a Baptist church? I said, it did. He said, I preached here. He said, they didn't have a pastor. And he said, I said, well, was Brother Rod Jones here then? He said, he had just left. So it's crazy because I hadn't come here yet. But he had preached here. He preaches at a big church in Freeport that I went to. Y'all been there, Heritage Church. And he got connected, and we got to talking. And I said, so you know Stephen McKay? He said, yeah. He said, Don Claghorn's fixing to go on a mission trip with me. He said, we wanted to get involved in missions, and our church wanted to get involved in missions. So at camp meet in 2020 in February, Stephen McKay was here preaching, and because God supplied him by faith a Dalton Claghorn, then Don Claghorn was preaching at Heritage Church, then not Stephen McKay was preaching in this church, and so God is expanding and growing, and now there's divine connections and relationships, and the man called me last night and said, we got a Pentecostal youth meeting. Can you preach? at it. I'm telling you that's now faith. That's what God does.
Now faith. He moves when we move in faith. He said it's the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Terry walking with the three babies this morning. God, there's three acres here in a white, white uh, well house. How are you gonna have three houses? Do it. All right, God, by faith. Here we go. By faith. So Noah, by faith, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. He didn't see it. Nobody had seen rain, but there had to be somebody wise enough to hear from God. And say, God said, build a boat. (laughs) And you better build it big enough. Have we heard that before? You better build it big enough. Have we heard that before? Well, why would it make sense to do that in Gritney? Why would it make sense for Noah, when he's 600 years old, to build an ark? They've never seen rain. They've seen a little mist come up out from the earth. But they've never seen something fall from the sky. Are you hearing me? It don't make sense to do that, does it? Well, we just keep playing games with God right now in this hour, don't we? I said we keep playing games with God in this hour. Well, well, I better not get ahead of myself. And so by faith, Noah moved, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. God sent me here today to warn us, but not just warn us because he's not going to keep us there. God would never warn you without giving you a way out. I said, God would not all, would never warn you without giving you a way out of the warning. Anytime God warns, he's going to make a way. I said, he always makes a way. How's the way, the door? We're getting there. Amen. So Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Let me tell you, you can't just build a boat, not condemn, and leave the world. You got to leave the world to build the boat. Amen? I said, you got to leave the world to build the ark. Amen. You just do. I can tell you whenever Nehemiah was building the walls and Tobiah and Sanballat and all of them came, he was wise enough and he said, no, 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 you're not here to help build the walls. You're here to bring confusion. You're here to bring destruction, not construction. You just say that you were came to construct something. No, no, no. You were sent here by the evil and the wicked one not to bring construction, but to bring about a destruction. Let me tell you, I'm not stupid enough to know that the devil's not going to send Tobias and send Ballas as we're moving forward to build the kingdom of God. Church, I, I said, church, I've been made aware. God's already came came to this preacher and he told me, Jared, he said the devil's come to stir division and to bring confusion. But let me tell you, I know the same God that warned me is the same God that's revealing and showing and teaching. When the sin balance and the Tobias come, he's going to fill us with the Holy Ghost wisdom and he's going to say, I don't care if they're a millionaire or not. You better get them out of the way. They're here to divide and bring destruction instead of construction. Hallelujah. We must be wise. We must be wise. Because let me tell you, this church can't be bought by the millionaire. 
I tried to be bought many years ago. I just didn't know what it was. But I was made to tell the whole church what they did for me. I was made. Every time it came up, did you tell them what I did for you, though? Did you tell them what I did for you, though? Yeah, they did give me $10,000 and $100 bills. But here's what they told me. That God said to have you over for breakfast and to give you $10,000 in crisp cash, $100. I was an immature little boy. I didn't know. All I knew was I was called by God, Brother Shane. They had just took me and my wife out, my family out. They wined us and dined us and put us up and paid for everything and gave us $10,000. Oh, but let me tell you, I see a victory. I see now that they were trying to buy this preacher. Let me tell you what, church, I serve notice on the devil today, and I tell everybody on the sound of my voice, I'm not for sale today. I said I'm not for sale today. I said I've been bought at a precious price, and it was by the blood of the Lamb. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I took the bait the first time. I did. And I tell you again, I was bought, but not again. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. I'm going to say it again, devil, by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God, John Wayne. Because all of us will give in to that. All of us will give in to that. Listen, leadership, board members, pastors, teachers in this church, not everything that comes along is God. Not everything that comes alone is God. I don't care how wealthy, how rich, what it looks like. I can tell you this one thing. God made a promise. He said, I'll build that new church and not one person in this church will be able to lay claim to it and say they built it. <laughs> that's what he said, not me. I said, that's what he said. And so by faith. So Noah moved by faith. So the first thing I'm going to talk to you about today is building. We got to build church. The Lord gave me three words in marriage class. All this was coming to me, Monty. I was listening to you, but three words came to me in, in, in marriage class. Building, begging, and beginning. Three words came to me. Building, begging, and beginning. That's what I heard, those three words, Brother Michael. Building, begging, and beginning. Okay? And so I'm going to try to wrap this up and hurry up this morning. And so Noah built, did he? We just read that, Hebrews eleven seven. Noah moved in fear and he built, prepared an ark, right? For why? The saving of his family. Now, did he only build it for his family? No, he built it big enough that whoever could get on the ark could. But who was the end result that got on the boat? Only his family. There was eight of them in all, amen? And so the book of Genesis says this, Genesis chapter 6. I'll read this, do you mind? Genesis 6. Verse 11 says, the earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Kind of sound like anything that you know? <laughs> kind of sound like a world we live in today, anybody? Amen. I don't think that's too deep, is it? All right. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Kind of sound familiar? Kind of sounds like what we're looking at today, don't it? 
And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. Somebody hear me. It's about to be over. I said it's about to be over. God is no respecter of persons, Sister Tanya. And if God could talk to Noah, then God can talk to Jared. If God could talk to Jared, then God can talk to you. And I know that he's talking to some of you that will listen. I know it. He's talking to us. He's speaking to us. It's time. It's time. Time is drawing near. I know that he's talking. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. You can't tell me God's not about fed up. Did I say God's not, God's not mad at you? But God sees what sin is doing. And there's a reason that Jesus hasn't returned yet because he said, you've got work to do. You've got work to do. There's got to be a chase that comes into this fold. He can't die and go to hell. He's got a little boy he's got to be a daddy to. He's got a woman out there that I believe God's going to restore him to. And I believe that God is reaching out. I believe that. So he's being... He said, the end of all flesh, he said, I will destroy them with the earth. Verse 14, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. He said, build that thing high enough. Build them rooms big enough. Are you with me? Verse 15, and this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shall finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third story shalt thou make. Now listen to me. I said if God brings judgment, he's always going to make a way. We just read about the way, the door. Amen. Verse 17, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of the waters, Upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. That's a promise for somebody that when you get in Christ, your children are coming, and your children's I said, your family's getting on the boat with you. Come on. You may want to lose heart and lose hope in your family, but I come to prophesy and declare and decree over every soul, over every lost child, every lost grandchild, every lost husband, every lost wife, every lost grandpappy and grandmama. I come to declare that God is making a covenant today in this house. It shall be written down, shall be established. Write it down in your notebook. I'm telling you today church our children and children's children will get in the boat yeah. hallelujah hallelujah they're coming I said they're coming I believe it so the first thing that he did he built he built and he did what God said 
He built. So the first thing I want to tell you today is we got to build, church. We got to build. I, I don't understand how we're going to do it all. I don't know. Who's going to help me build? Anybody help me build today? Amen. You build, Brother Chris. Nathan, you help us build some nails. There's some nails. Help us build. If you want to pass a nail out, take a nail. We're going to build. Who else wants to help build today? Because Brother Chris can't build alone. Brother Dominique said he'll build. Will you take him that hammer back there? Oh, you got some more? Yeah. We got some more nails. God's going to establish something today. You may be able to leave with a nail in your hand today. Just hold on to that nail. Say, the Lord's going to establish covenant today in my life. We're going to build. Church, I said, we're going to build today. Noah built. He just built. And he just built. And he just built. And God told him exactly how to build. And so let me tell you, he moved in faith. Why? Because he feared God. He feared that judgment was coming. And I better do what God says. I know it don't make sense. Build a boat this big. Go get the right kind of wood. You better build these rooms the right way. You better put a window there. And you better build three stories in this ark. He said, because there's got to be room. I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost, Brother Jason, saying we better build it big enough. And we better build it. The room's just right. And we better put the windows in place so that God can open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you and I. I said, but we better make sure that there stays a door. I said we better keep the door in place hallelujah I said there's got to be a way out but here's the problem are you with me turn with me to Matthew 24 here's the problem with building I'm fixing to get on your toes and mine y'all okay with that here's the problem with building nobody has time We're too busy to build for God. Should I say that? I believe if I read in the book of Haggai, he said, I'm too busy and more concerned about my house and my paneling and my walls than I am God's house. And we wonder why the kingdom of God has fallen, going to hell in a handbasket, because I'm too concerned with me and mine that I've left the father's house and told him to give me what was owed to me and we wonder why we're building in a pig pen instead of the father's house. I said we become too busy. We become too busy in the hour that we're living in Matthew 24 verse 37. We become too busy. Amen. Here's what he says in the word of God. This is speaking of the Christ coming. It's unknown. We know that. But here's what the word says in verse 36 first. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So none of us know. But what is our responsibility to point us to this day? How are we going to get ready for this day? You better cry out to Jesus and I too. Listen to me, verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah, there before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. Guess what? They were too busy to even be able to hear that judgment was coming. I said they were too busy worried about their own house that they forsook God's. Are you hearing me? I said they were too busy. Church, you and I are too busy. 
Well, some things we just don't want to hear. And we use our busyness for excuses to get in the will of God. Well, I can give more if I work more. What if God don't want you to give more? What if God wants to get more of you? Ah, but my job's got me too busy. My son, my job. But let me tell you. If our jobs take us out of the house of God, then is it the will of God? I'm going to say it again. If our jobs keep us out of the house of God, is it the will of God? I'm just going to say that and leave it right there for you to chew on and think about. Because what if, what if somebody in this house this morning didn't need your dollar bill, but they needed what God put on the inside of you, but you were too busy trying to give a dollar bill to the kingdom of God that you were forsaken and the devil had implanted lies in your mind? I can tell you we're living in a day and an hour where God's going to take care of his. I said God's going to take care of his. And that life that he puts on the inside of you, that oil he puts on the inside of you is going to shift the dimensions of everything. You may be sitting on the shelf in the neighbor's house, but the prophet's about to walk up and tell who's in that house to go to all thy neighbors and get empty vessels. And when you go, don't you get a few. You better get all of them because I'm about to change. I'm about to change the house. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now, I know some of you, I understand. Some of you work Wednesday. I get it. Y'all know what I'm saying. Some look for ways out. I said some look for ways out. Some of you are praying for ways out of the job that has you bound, and that's all you got right now. All right, so y'all don't shoot me. Brother Jason couldn't come Wednesday night. I'm not condemning. He said, Brother, I want to be there. He said, but I'm going to bring the turkeys. Y'all know what I'm saying. Y'all with me? Y'all don't shoot me down and hate me, all right? I'm saying as a whole, you can't tell me America ain't too busy. Amen. Well, I just got to work. Well, we did this at home. Well, we watched. Thank God for Swagger TV. That's good, but it ain't enough. <laughs> Thank God for Facebook Live. It's good. But Facebook Live, if you watch it, it ain't enough. Get here. The impact's not the same. It's not. A little dab won't do you. And it can't do you when you get a taste of what I have. Whoo! It just won't. We got to build, but we're too busy. We got to build, but wah, wah, wah. I'm too bored. It's boring to build. It's boring when everybody walks by you and everybody else is living it up. Everybody else is living it up. And what am I doing? Where's my hammer at, Dominique? You're just over there building, brother. You're just building, and everybody else is over there partying, living it up, doing what they want to do, sleeping around. You, you, amen. I'm glad. But a lot of people surrender the hammer. A lot of people said, 
Well, I've been doing this 130 days now. Man, I just bore. Because I asked God what he wanted me to do. I want you to do the same thing you did yesterday. I get tired of doing the same thing I did yesterday. Give me something else. And the Lord is saying, I just want you to be okay with what I ask you to do right now. I wonder why promotion hadn't come to some... You want to know why promotion hadn't come to some of you, to some of us? Because we can't just be content with what God has us doing right now. I'm so mad at God. I've been doing this eight hours a day, 130 days. I think it's time God give me something else to do. I'm about tired. You don't know what who you're building for, do you? That one nail you just put in may be somebody's grandbaby. You think you're going to do more good behind the pulpit? You don't know whose nail you just put in. That's somebody's little girl. That's somebody's husband. That's somebody's wife you're building that ark for. You just don't even know it. You're too concerned trying to get some position. And God, oh God wants you to do is put a hammer in your hand and a nail and just keep hammering. Because every nail you put in that place is somebody's baby. Some, somebody's been praying for it. And you wonder, somebody's why. God just wants you to keep building. God just said build and build it big enough. And some of you has got to install a door. You're tired of installing doors. You're tired of putting in garage doors. And God said put in another one. Tired of digging. Tired of running that tractor. I'm tired. Just give me something else to do, God. God said, I want you to do something else. Because I'm teaching your heart. I just want your heart. I just want you to surrender your life to me. Just keep building. It ain't about you, Jared. Don't you know that? Don't you know everything you've been through ain't about you? Don't you know that there's coming a day I'm about to use it all? Every battle you've ever been in, there's going to come a day you're going to see the train going to fill the house. And you're going to wonder. There's going to be victories attached to the train that you never even knew that were attached to the train. But let me tell you, there's things that are one in the secret place that nobody ever sees, nobody ever hears, or nobody ever knows about. But there's going to come a day where every battle you want in the secret place is going to be made known openly because this train is going to fill the temple. Every nail you put in, oh, oh, a son, a daughter, a granddaughter, a husband, a wife, a backslidden preacher, a backslidden missionary, somebody on the field that's never known God, you put in a nail. One day you're going to see that train fill the temple. You're going to see, I believe, you're going to see nails holding every victory together. The nails of that ark. Oh, oh, I wonder if there's going to be some dirt where some of you I'm tired of digging. I had to dig a little place out so I can get underneath there. I can't believe they gave me this dirty job. I had to get underneath this boat and wallow around in this mud and 
I nailed underneath here. I wanted to nail on top of the boat, not underneath here. It's dirty down here. But God said, I need somebody that'll get in the dirt. I need somebody that'll waller around where nobody else is willing to go. I don't need everybody to be on top. I need somebody that's willing to lay their life down and get underneath the bottom and get dirty. And people's going to walk over you. They're going to step over you. They're going to betray you. Oh, S&S is one of them places she loves a church. I'm telling you, you probably minister to more people than GFCC ever does. She just lays her life down there. You're down there underneath. Well, I want promotion. God ain't ready to promote you. And guess what? God don't have to promote none of us, Daniel. Can we be okay? Let me tell you, this life ain't boring. <laughs> I ain't woke up to a boring day yet, Pastor Nathan. <laughs> have you been bored yet, brother? <laughs> I have not woke up to a boring day yet. There's always a devil to fight. <laughs> I ain't never woke up to something boring. If I woke up and I was bored, my God, I better watch out because I'm not doing something right. I'm telling you, you're on the front lines of God for his kingdom. I promise it ain't boring. You wake up fighting. I fight a minute and I praise a minute. I fight a minute and I rejoice a minute. I rejoice a minute and I fight a minute. I ain't found a, I ain't found a boring day yet. But we get bored with this. We get bored. I can tell you, scripturally, there's a lot of people bored. I bet people walk by and say, it's never going to rain. Keep on nailing. Why don't you? Just keep on nailing. It ain't going to rain. Why you want to waste all that money and build a church in Gritney? Ain't nobody going to Gritney. What the one people say is looks like trailer trash. What are y'all doing? Building a trailer park around there? Trailer park. They're just bored with life. I'm going to say that again. They're just bored with life. They ain't got nothing else to do but drive by and say, what are they doing over there? Oh, they just don't know yet. I said they don't know yet. I said they ain't a boring day here. I said they're just bored with life. All they knew to do is drive by and talk about somebody and talk about something. But there's coming a day. I said there's coming a day. It's not going to be boring longer. Oh, it's going to rain. I said it's going to rain. And they'll think boring then. But in the meantime, what are we going to do? Y'all are bored. We build trailer park. It might be trailer trash to you. I might be trailer trash to you. Old dope head. No good for nothing. That's all you see. That's all people think about this church over here. Oh, they just get everybody that nobody else wants. That's right. But I'm going to keep on hammering. I'm going to keep on nailing. I'm Tatana Masondo. I said I'm going to keep on hammering. I'm going to keep on nailing. Because there's coming a day. I said there's coming a day, church. It's not going to be boring. Much longer. Hallelujah. Ah, it is to me. I feel the Holy Ghost. 
I was going to stop early. I smell food. But I smell rain. I said, I smell rain. And I'd rather push back from the table of spaghetti because I smell rain. I said, I smell a flood coming. I smell rain coming. And I'd rather tell you about the rain than have you give some money to send kids. I'm telling you this morning, church, I smell rain. Smell rain. They were too busy eating, drinking. They're busy. The whole time, Noah, he's walking in the fear of God. He's building. Up, live it up over there. You partiers think you got one more in you, don't you? You think you got one more high in you, don't you? You got one more time to put that needle in that arm, don't you? You got one more time. You got one more time to skip church, play games with God. You think you got one more time the whole time somebody's building. You ain't no more concerned about them people that's building than a man on the moon. Oh, I forgot you dress good on Sunday morning. They're too busy. They're bored. They say things like it'll never rain. They say stuff about people that are radical. Churches like this is just too much, ain't it? They build when it ain't rained. That preacher said he smelt rain. He smelt no rain in all these years. He's a nut. He wants to keep building. Ah, let's just play church a little while. We got time. Because you know what happens? We get very bored. I'm tell you, I found the dead church is boring. But a church where Christ is alive, it'll never be boring. And I promise you where the Holy Ghost is alive and well, they're going to preach the rapture. They're going to preach the word. They're going to preach and the Holy Ghost is going to get up in your sin. Let me borrow your chair. You think that you're going to play games? That's perfect. God knows, don't he? You're over here working. You're building. And I'm over here in my sin. But I look good, don't I? Yeah, you do. I got a call to preach. That's a nice day. I think I should preach, really. I think I should. But I'm in sin. The Holy Ghost preacher gets up there and starts preaching. I'm squirming. He's building. He's worshiping. He believes in what the preacher's saying. Now this guy, he thinks he knows better than the preacher. 
I said, he thinks he knows better than the preacher that's preaching, this guy. But he knows he's in sin, and boy, he's squirming. <laughs> he's squirming. He wants out of that seat so bad. But you know what? He never moves until he gets out the door. Then he moves on Facebook. <laughs> then he moves to another church. <laughs> Did I just say that? And everywhere he moves, he's talking about where God wanted him to stay. See, the Lord was trying to move him in position to an altar. But he wanted to move and try to dodge the very thing that was trying to draw him. And the very thing that was trying to draw him, now he's talking about. So we move from busyness to boredom to blasphemy. The whole time, somebody's building a boat big enough for me to get in. Ah. The whole time, he's not even doing anything for him. Everybody that walks by, Brother Michael, is talking about him. Who wants that life? Who wants a life? Who wants to pastor a church where everybody talks about it? Everybody ridicules and reviles and talks about it nonstop. Not always good. I'm not saying poor me. I'm not saying that's all the time here. There's a lot of good that this church does. I'm just saying in general, here's where we move in a Holy Ghost church. We start talking about the very people that God is trying to help deliver me. What was Noah doing? He wasn't just building it for his family. No, he was building who was he building it for? The very people that was walking by that were bored with their life and they were reviling him and talking about it. So they went from being busy, drinking and carrying on doing their own thing. They ain't got time to be healed. Now they're bored. Now they want to drive by and they want to say, what are you doing? It ain't rained. It ain't nothing going to happen. You know, they've been talking about this rapture thing all these years. My grandmama told me about the rapture. My grandpappy told me about the rapture. I got sick and tired of going to church and hearing people preach on the rapture ain't nothing happened yet you know you wonder if it's the truth 2nd Peter chapter 3 what does it say y'all still with me I'm trying to hurry y'all 2nd Peter chapter 3 Verse 3 says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. They, they weren't concerned with Noah. Thank you, Brother Chris. Listen to verse 4. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, ah, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. The problem is pulpits are falling asleep. Evangelists are falling asleep. Got quiet. You fell asleep. Evangelists have fallen asleep. Churches have fallen asleep. And so no wonder even pulpits got tired of preaching on the coming of the Lord. If we truly believed that the coming of the Lord could happen at any moment, would we shut the church doors down? Did I just say that? Would we allow denominations and associations to cause us to shut the door of the only hope that there is? 
If pulpits hadn't fallen asleep, if churches hadn't fallen asleep, if pastors and evangelists and missionaries haven't fallen asleep concerning the promises of God on the return of the Lord, would we allow the world to dictate what God said would take place? And we wonder why we've got a generation that don't believe that the rapture of the church is even real. We wonder why we got people that don't believe in the word rapture because it's not in the Bible. Let me tell you, church, I don't know about you, but I thank God for the rapture of the church. I still believe it. I'm still going to preach it. I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. And I'm ready to be raptured out of here. I believe Jesus could return at any moment to get us out. Then we blaspheme. I said, then we blaspheme. The only unforgivable and unpardonable sin that there is. <laughs> you can't tell me we don't live in a time and an hour where the churches like this full of the Holy Ghost are hated, are ridiculed, and talked about. I was told to my face, if you believe in the Holy Ghost, you will fall flat on your face. It's of the devil. I said, sounds like blasphemy to me. You're going to call the Holy Ghost that I now possess the devil? You're going to call the Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost the devil? You're going to call the very organism that brought unity to the church and power and authority and substance and substance to the church? You're going to call that the devil? You're going to call a little young preacher that just got out of a drug and alcohol program that went to a church not looking for the Holy Ghost but found it when he got there? You're going to tell him that it's of the devil. Sounds like blasphemy to me. And there's a church on every corner or ten that'll tell you exactly what was told me. There's ten on every corner. That church down there is of the devil. Tell me you ain't heard it. Tell me you ain't. It's too much. It's the devil. I promise you what's in me tells me when a devil's here. There's a devil here right now. I know it. You do too. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, I know it. But guess what? I still can preach with him here. You say, why can you, preacher? Because I'm full of the Holy Ghost. That's why none of us can without him. My God, how are you going to get thrown in prison and still praise the Holy Ghost? <laughs> That's how. You full of the Holy Ghost, you don't got to worry about a devil being in your midst. Jesus served Judas the whole time he was a devil and he called him that. You think that he's got to stop? Some of you saying right now, oh, am I the devil? <laughs> the disciples did the same thing. <laughs> I mean, is it I? <laughs> is it I? Sometimes you have to do a little spiritual check. Is it I? <laughs> Jesus even told them which one it would be. The one that sops and eats and drinks after me. Judas did that and then they all still looked at him. Is it I? <laughs> 
That shows you the rottenness of all of us. Don't ever lose sight of what's really we're capable of doing. Oh, Jesus, I feel God in here. I could preach all day. <laughs> Tell him, Skeddy may have to wait. I smell rain. Blasphemy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I believe I need to read this to you. If y'all don't mind. 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's Russell, Russell, this is y'all's fault. Man, the Holy Ghost was so strong in worship. I think y'all were prayed up. Y'all defeated the devil in the beginning. This is y'all's fault. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of them own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Sound like anything you know? Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high might, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Sound like anything you've ever heard of? Amen. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from search, turn away. Boy, if you turn away from me, you ain't a Christian. I can't believe that you would do something like that. You think Jesus would ever do that? We forgot about Romans 11 where it says mark those that cause division among you and have nothing to do with them. We forget about those that call themselves brothers and sisters but yet continue to have fornication and adultery in their life. And it says to such don't even eat with them. Oh, cast, turn them over to the hands of Satan. Well, we don't want to know none of that. Well, that, that church, ah, they just deal too hard. No, it ain't the church. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's a, he's a lamb but he's also a lion. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and led captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Isn't that something? We send people and we have more degrees than we ever have, but people are having no common sense. <laughs> Does that sound like the day we're living in? Brother Hulin, can you, I mean, people's got more degrees, but they ain't got no common sense, do they? They don't even know how to get out of bed right. No common sense whatsoever. I think Trump just passed a law, said we're going to hang up, didn't he? Didn't he just sign something? Don't matter what, how many degrees you got, how many plaques or skills, but we're going to hire skilled tradesmen, people that have a little common sense. Amen. Thank God but we got somebody in office. Kind of sounds like the Word of God. I said it sounds like the word of God. Some of you in here has got more common sense than people with a law degree or doctor degree hanging on their wall and God has used you to do more. <laughs> Come on, somebody. There's nothing wrong with all of that. But I can tell you, you couple that without common sense, you're in for a disaster. They know every book there is, not of the Bible. Some of them know the Bible too. Ph.D. in this, Ph.D. in that. Ah, yet they'll look at a man coming out of drug addiction and say that's of the devil. <laughs> Tell me. Tell me. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just telling you what happened to me. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm free. Amen. 
I said I'm free, I'm forgiven, and I have forgiven. But I, it's my responsibility what I have walked through to tell you what's happened to me. I'm not mad. it was told me because you know what it did it sent me to the word (laughs) I said it sent me to the word and so I had to become a word man not a man's man (laughs) who are we going to believe who are we going to believe Acts 19 or three preachers amen man we got to believe God's word amen did you take what I'm saying to you today take it to God's word come sit down with me if I'm wrong and lead you astray Come sit down. Let's talk about it. I'm not a scholar. I barely graduated high school, and then from there on, I was nothing but a dopehead. But I can tell you, I got the Holy Ghost. I got Jesus, and he just teaches. Amen. So I better hurry. All right. So we get busy, we get bored, and we blaspheme. That's a dangerous recipe. The whole time, you know all God's wanting is builders. I just need some builders, brother. I need some hammers. I just need some laborers that's willing to sweat. I don't need doctors, lawyers. If they want to help, praise God. That's it. Come help. Put your stethoscope down and pick up a hammer. Let's build. Let's just build. Because there's going to come a day we're going to use the stethoscope too. Ain't that right? We're going to do that. We're going to do that. Amen. We've done it right here. Y'all, y'all. All right, so second thing, we got to build, but we're too busy, we're too bored, and we're talking too much. Would you, anybody agree to that? The second thing, oh, Jesus. We're going to move from building to begging. Mm. I need some big, strong men. Come on, Chris. Come on, Brother Michael. Come on, Nathan. Brother Jerry. Brother Jason, come on. He's a worker. Come on up here. Brother Larry. Dominique, you got a hammer in your hand? Come on. I know. You will be, though. I wish I had some more tools. Where's the drawing plans for the new church? Here, you're going to be a preacher. He's a worker. Brother Jerry, he can do anything. Now I need a family of eight. Come on. Boy, y'all are excited, aren't you? (laughs) Stephen and Sheila, y'all come on. Husband and wife, y'all come on up here. Now I need six, right? Yes, six, seven, eight. I need y'all to come right up here. Can I get six more people? Brother Buck, you're going to be their children this time instead of Stephen being yours. Leanne, Justin, come on. I need a few more kids. Come on. I need six. Is that eight? One more? Go up there, Carrie. Aren't these strong men right here? 
Brother Scott, come on. You can build garage doors. Man, you're good. Brother Terry, you can build anything. Come on. Sister Judy, you just graduated from nursing school. Come on. You can do anything. Come on. I'm talking about these are fine people. These are, you're a good prison guard. Come on, James. Come on. Come on. You're good. You work at the state's attorney's office. Come on. Come on, Nikki. Come on. Preacher's wife. Come on. Preacher's son. Come on. Preacher's daughter, come on. No, y'all got to stay down. Y'all got to stay down here. Y'all can't get up. We got eight up there. Y'all see what stands in between these? Now listen, I'm not condemning any of y'all. I'm just trying to use an illustration. There's some good people right here. Some of these people have been helping build the boat. You can do anything, Brother Jerry. I believe you just helped install that door. You can. You just put that door in. Chris can build anything. Good people. Miss Wanda, your husband's right there. Your husband. Sister Stacy, your husband's right there. Your daddy's right there. Some of your husbands and daddies and granddaddies, and nurses and doctors and lawyers and people that dug down deep, people that put hammers in there. Noah could preach. Noah could pray. Noah could beg. Noah could build. Noah could labor day after day after day. Noah could hear from God. Noah could walk in fear of God. Noah could believe what God was going to do. But one thing Noah couldn't do is Noah could not close the door. He couldn't touch the door. But he could build it. Because God said build it. But there's one thing that he couldn't do. And that was shut the door. Because God knows that if man shuts the door, that man will open it. People, Brother Terry, you built cap, you can build anything. You know what's sad? There's going to be a lot of people that built ministries, that built churches, that built pulpits, that preached, that prayed. That built these great big ministries in life. Doctors and lawyers and mamas and daddies and sons and daughters that aren't going to make it in. They're not going to make it in because they didn't believe. They got too busy. They got bored. They got bored with this day ever come. Mom and daddy got bored with life and they quit taking their babies to church. I got called up, I was a doctor, and I forsook God and all of my money. and Everything in life got too busy, and I got bored with life. And so I built the boat, I put the door in place, I set the windows in place, but I never thought the day would come that it would really rain. I was just dumb enough to believe what Noah said for a little while, but then I quit believing it after a long period of time because I never saw or smelt rain. 
And so these people, just come here. Would y'all walk out? Just line up down the hallway right here. Will y'all line up right there? This whole line, if y'all just line up down the hallway. Folks that built the boat, doctors and lawyers and sons and daughters. You see, this door is in between this big old boat, but what we're going to focus on today is the door. I looked up what the word beg means, and here's what it means. To ask someone earnestly or humbly for something. Noah could preach, Noah could pray, Noah could do all these things, but Noah couldn't shut the door. They're begging to get in. Can you imagine what that ark felt, sounded like? There was only eight. They're begging to get in, but God shut the door. Sons and daughters and grandparents and parents, doctors and lawyers, they're wanting inside, but God shut the door. You don't hear them now. You know why? Because they're drowned. They're dead. There's no life left out there now. Good people, Sister Tammy. Good people. Sons and daughters, lawyers and doctors, and mamas and daddies, grandchildren. They begged to get in. They were knocking. Can you imagine how Noah must have felt? Only eight inside of this boat. Only eight. We were begging Noah, just don't just help me build. But let's get in. Let's get in this boat. Let's get in this boat. The Bible says there'll be two in one field. One will be left and one will be taken. The church field's empty. Imagine how eternity is going to be without some that we know. Imagine how lonely the boat must have been for only eight animals. Surely God wanted to fill that thing full of humanity. But he knew that humans wouldn't get on. He said, so take two of every kind of, the, of a donkey, of a horse, of a bird. I'd hate to know that the donkey took my place. Hate to know, Miranda, that an elephant took my place. I'd hate to know that a little bird that chirped took my place in the ark. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? There's people that we're to reach. There's people that we're to reach. What are we doing? Have we become bored in this life with Jesus? Don't the church feel empty since they've gone out? Don't it feel? 
brokenhearted. And if your husband, you're left, Miss Wanda, but your husband's gone. He said two will be in one field, two will be in one bed. One will be left, one will be taken. That's husband and wife. Two will be grinding grain together. One will be left and one will be taken. That's people we work with, Miss Georgia. Why would we build a Christian school so that them babies aren't left out of the ark? I'm not saying they can't get saved anywhere, but why? Where would the vision come from? Why would we have a health clinic so that we can share Christ with people that can't afford maybe some other things? Why? Why would we build homes for babies to come into? Why? Why would there be a church where these babies could be restored to mama? Why? It's worth everything that you fight. You hear me? I said, it's worth everything you fight. Miss Georgia, everything that you fight, sweetheart, it's worth it all. You're the only light. And look how it's They were begging to get in. But it was too late. Some of them were humbly saying, Oh God, forgive me now. There were ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. If you have to go back to get oil, you're going to come back and the door's going to be shut. The bridegroom's going to come. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Wow, my God. The door was shut. First Peter chapter 3, verse 20. I'm trying to close. Thank you all so much. Thank you, brother. Listen to this. Listen to this word right here. First Peter chapter 3, verse 20. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited. God was waiting. He didn't want that to happen. He didn't want that to happen. He don't want none of us to die and go to hell and miss the ark. That was not his purpose. Listen to what he said. He said he was long-suffering of God, waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing. All them years they were building the boat. You know what God was saying? Listen to this. The ark is a sign to the sinner. I'm going to say it again. The ark is a sign to the sinner. Get in. If you can't see Christ in the ark, don't you know when them people were bored, they didn't have to stay bored. I could help out. I could help out. Listen, this is reality. Why do we get bored in this Christian life? There's people dying and going to hell all around us. It's not boring. If you get out of yourself, you know why it's boring? Because all you can see is you. But when you see the depravity of men, 
And if you see gross darkness the way that God says we would see it, if you see addictions, if you see backslidden preachers, if you know, why am I compelled to go? My God, he saved me. Amen. He saved me. I had a message the other day to me that was life-changing. A pastor that had left his church, I don't know why, but he was on my heart and I met him for the first time. And his text message to me after that night in Scottsville was these words. Your very words to us was the very life of Jesus pulling me out of where we've been. Why am I compelled to go? Why am I compelled to preach? Why am I compelled to pray? Why am I compelled to shout? Why am I compelled? I can tell you why. To snatch people out of the fire. Some of them are out of the heart. Some of them aren't in Christ. And they're saying, Mama, just get right with God. Daddy, just get right with God. I won't ride with God, but I'm not going to if you don't. This life ain't ours. There's people begging for somebody to come tell them. People are begging. Would somebody just come and help me? Somebody just come and help me. Somebody. The door was shut. It was closed. But thank God. Never despise small beginnings. I didn't come to leave you there. But I did come to stir you up there. We should be shaking this morning. I hope this day is forever imprinted in our minds and our hearts. I hope some of us leave here and we say, God has called me and I can't shake it. Some of you fought the call of God long enough. Are you willing to give it all? Is anybody here willing to give it all? Noah gave it all. Noah was 600 years old. He gave it all. 600 years, he gave it all. Was he a perfect man? We read that he wasn't a perfect man, but he gave it all. He gave it all. He built, Brother Michael. He built, he built, and he labored, and he led, and he feared God, and he moved with God. What's God looking for? People that'll give it all. Oh, people that'll give it all. People say, I'm going to move in God. And God said, I'll give you new beginnings. I believe that I heard the voice of God say, Today is a day of new beginnings. I said, today is a day of new beginnings. Did you see eight people this side of the door? Did you see eight people? Did we read in the word of God where there were eight in all that got into the ark? 
Here's what it said, wherein few, that is eight souls were saved by water. Can I tell you what the number eight means in the word of God? It means new beginnings. I can tell you there was eight people in the ark, but let me tell you, there was a new day that was coming. I said they were saved by water. I can tell you the same judgment that brought death to them on the outside was the same water that gave life to them that was on the inside. And I came to decree and declare today all over this house that today is a day of new beginnings. I said today is a day of new beginnings. There may have been eight in that boat, but I'm telling you we're going to see more than eight in the boat today. Today is a new day. Today is a day of new mercies. Today is a day to say yes to the call of God. I said it's a day of new beginnings. On the eighth day, they would circumcise the children. It was a new day. The number eight means new beginnings. King David was the eighth son. They just didn't know that he was out in the field. And he said, is there yet another? When the eighth man came, it was a new day, and it was a day of new beginnings. Let me tell you, there is a door that stands between you and I today. I can tell you that John 10 says that that door is Jesus. Let me tell you that God will put a door in the middle of hard places. I read a story in the Bible of a man by the name of Jacob, and Jacob laid his head down in a hard rock. But on that hard place, I heard and read, Brother Nathan, that there was a little oil that was there. And when the oil began to flow, the heavens began to open up. I said there was a door that opened up and there was a ladder that came down and the angels began to ascend and the angels began to descend and Jacob looked up and he saw the angels and he saw the Lord. Let me tell you, you may be in a hard place today, but I come to say to you, God's not afraid of the hard place. He'll let the oil flow in the hard places and he'll put a door there. I said, I said he'll set a door there he'll put a ladder down and he'll make a way for you to get up out of the hard place that you've been he'll send an angel down he'll send his son down he'll send the spirit down he'll send the church down I said there's a door there I read Acts chapter 12 Sunday night Peter's in prison but the church prayed there was a door that stood in between him and them. But when the church prayed, I read where an angel came in there and plucked him up, put the chains off of him, and walked right before him. And when it got to a closed door, Sister Kayla, the Lord opened the door before him. He didn't have to touch it. I said, there's a door between you and I today, but I know a cop. I could go on and on and on about doors. The book of Revelation says, see, I stand at the door. And if any man will open this door, you got it. And let me in. He said, I'll sit with him. And I'll sit with him. Stephen's laying there. They were stoning him. But he looked up. What was there? What happened when Paul and Silas began to praise? Chains fell off. Doors opened. I can tell you, you can go on and on and on in the Word of God about a door. I said, you can go on and on and on in the Word of God about a door. 
And every time you see a door, you see Christ. He said, I'll open doors no man can shut. And I'll shut doors no man can open. And I can tell you, that's the word of God. Would you stand to your feet? Thank you, brother. I can't do anything else. You can. So while he was describing that, and when he picked the builders, I don't know, ladies, if you noticed that he picked men, okay? But a lot of us women who stand next to them handing them the nails. Growing up on a farm and always working with my husband, there was a lot of things I got asked to help do that, I wasn't really appreciative of having to help do. Because, you know, when you're first together, you love to hand them nails. Uh-huh. I love that he asked me to help. That's so sweet. I'm here. We're helping. After about 10 years, you're like, oh, my God, can you not hold your own nails while you do this? I got supper to cook, clothes to wash, kids to raise, and I'm holding your nails. And then he gets busy with something else that he's doing. And, daggum, if you are not holding the nails, putting the nails in, raising the kids, doing the wash, doing everything else that you're doing. But he needs you to do that at that time. He wants you to do that at that time. And I'm not bashing on men when I say this, but sometimes some of y'all need to realize you are the one that's supposed to be doing the nailing, and she is the one supposed to be handing you the nails. And you need to be grateful that you had a woman that hammered for you for a while. And you need to be grateful that you have someone still who will hand you the nails. While she raised your kids, did your wash, cleaned your house, and did all that other stuff she did. I believe I've been a willing vessel today to share with you what I believe God put in me in marriage class. I listen, Mati. He's a supernatural God. He knows. Some of you this morning, I'm, I'm just, we're not going to play peekaboo religion today. Y'all okay with that? I'm just going to ask some of you to be bold. Noah was bold. I'm going to do this altar call a little different today. I know you smell spaghetti, but I still smell rain. I still smell it. Some of you today in this house are away from the Lord and you need to repent and get your heart right and your life right with God. And that's okay. We've all been there. We all have to do that. All of us. Some of you is ready for that life change. You're ready for things to be different. You're ready for the new beginning. Spiritually. Emotionally. And you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to surrender everything in my life to Jesus. Everything. I want to ask you to come and just stand right here on this side of the church. Some of you is away, your back slid. Just come. Just come. There's others. Just come. It's okay. We just want to pray with you. I know God's dealing with some. Thank you, Lord. If 
if you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I need salvation in my life. I need salvation. I need deliverance. I need healing. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand where you are? I need salvation. I need deliverance. I need healing. I want you to come. If that's you, just come right here. Come on, brother. Is this your mother with you? Yeah. Come on down here with you, Mom. Would you come too, sister? Praise God. It's the divine will of God that y'all are here today. the divine will of God that y'all are all here today. We've only met on Facebook and I don't know of any other way than to meet than right now. What a day. What an honor. Look how she walked down here without the brace. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. You may have one of those physically, sister, but spiritually there's no prosthetics in the kingdom of God. You matter. And physically you may, but there's coming a day that you'll have a new body. I thank the Lord. God knows. God knows. God knows. If this church is never here for anybody else but these two, these three in our private conversations is that enough that we build a boat so as they're here there's a second altar call that I gotta make because somebody's gonna answer the call of God today in this church some of you are fearful and afraid to step in now faith You become fearful of the call of God because the cost. But some of you know that 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 you know and you're miserable when you get home and turn the light off and you leave church and that heartburn just goes down a little bit. But the moment you're back in the presence of God and you feel the Holy Ghost moving, you can't even pray about anything else because that is there. Some of you, your call is only to hand nails to your husband. Some of you hadn't been doing that right. Some of your husbands hadn't been taking and dealing with that right. It goes both ways. But if that's you, I want you to come right here. Somebody that has never said yes to the call of God, you're here today. You're here right now. I know what I feel it in my spirit. It's burning. Some of you were so shaken when you heard them begging to get in this church and you said, I'm not doing my part because I've been unwilling to die to me. There's more. There's more. Some of you are so prideful right now, you're just, there's more. I'll starve you out of spaghetti if I got to. (laughs) Because today matters in the kingdom of God. Today so matters in the kingdom of God. 
There's more. There's more. 